We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app welcome to overnight america with ryan recker sponsored by michael's flooring the flooring experts michael's flooring outlet.com on the voice of st louis kmox And welcome to Overnight America. Ah, the lung capacity is getting better. I've been taking the Theraflu. That seems to be working pretty well. Yeah, I had this, um, you know, this happened a couple of years ago where I think it's brought on by allergies and you get this drainage and it just, it takes a couple of days to get out. Luckily, I don't have any other symptoms. Some people messaged me and said, oh, you should get tested for COVID. Well, I, you go through the list. I don't have any COVID symptoms other than the uh, drainage issues. So I've had this before and I feel much better today. So people who have uh, messaged me saying, you know, I hope you feel better. I have been feeling better. Thank you very much. I think the because when I go online, they say if it persists for a while, you should go see a doctor. But I feel I'm in a much better position and it's starting to go away by itself. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um yeah, what a great way to start. You want to talk phlegm? Phlegm talk at 314-436-7900. No, uh, guess what tomorrow is? Tomorrow will debut uh, my latest Camo X special. So I've done some in the past. I've done documentaries on Jim White and Robert Highland and Ann Keefe. I think the Robert Highland and Ann Keefe ones are the ones that got the most accolades. People love that the most. I've done specials. Uh, we had a full hour with Bob Costas discussing KMOX legends and also Robert Hyland in particular. I've done the Jim White Halloween special, which was kind of cool. We re-aired one of his specials from the Lemp Mansion that had a lot of people interested. And I've done some other things too here and there. I've done Ann Keefe and Bruce Bradley, an hour of their show, which people really loved and enjoyed hearing. Which, by the way, all of this is posted online if you go to the Overnight America podcast. So tomorrow night will be an anniversary night for KMOX. On April 8th, 1999, Jim White uh, had his very last show on KMOX. His very last show had all kinds of special guests. Uh, It was at the Summit Restaurant in downtown St. Louis. Charlie Brennan, John Carney, uh, Bob Costas, Mike Shannon. I'm going through some of the names I wrote down. Uh, Bill Reeker. I think Larry Connors was there for a while. His wife, Pat, was there and discussed a few things. And, of course, a lot of Jim White. It's a two-hour special. And what we're going to do is air it tomorrow night from 10 until midnight. 
So if you want to hear Jim White's very last radio show on KMOX tomorrow night, we're going to re-air it on that anniversary date, which he retired on Thursday, April 8th, 1999. So on Thursday, April 8th, 2021, we'll re-air it. It's, it's nice to hear that and go back through some memories, talking to Jim White about some of the very special moments in his career. I think you'll like it. I hope you'll like it. You know what? I'm pretty confident that you'll like it. So you can join us tomorrow night for that. Also, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other news that decides to throw its face right into your face. Normally, I say right into your ears, but in this case, it's going to go right into your face. And it's one of the political articles that came out today indicated that Joe Biden, maybe by tomorrow, President Biden will announce executive action on guns. What exactly does that look like? We're not 100 percent sure, but there is some speculation that there could be a possible regulation on assault style guns. And I'm going to put that in quotes, assault style. I'd like to see how he defines assault style guns, because, I mean, what is that going to be broadly defined as any gun? Because if you're going to say assault style, well, you know, I guess every gun, technically speaking, would be an assault style gun, right? Or does he mean a semi-automatic? Because that's pretty much every gun. Uh, okay, so what, what does it mean? Regulations on buying for people convicted of spousal domestic violence uh, in federal guidance on home storage of guns. Biden could also introduce his nominee for the uh, alcohol, tobacco and firearms new branch. And the thing, not the new branch, but the, the new executive for that. And the part about that is it's going to be interesting if it's a controversial pick, if that'll actually get through the Senate, because they're pretty far behind. Not only that, but some judicial picks. So the announcement comes after what we've seen in the last three months. A lot of Democrats calling for increased gun regulation. And for a while there, Joe Biden said, I'm not coming after your guns. And day one, he said, I'm coming after your guns. And then we're three months in. And he said, OK, now it's time to come after your guns. So Joe Biden tomorrow, I don't exactly know in what style or how that'll happen. I'm sure he's not going to take questions from the press. There was a press release earlier today from oh, not a press conference earlier today when it comes to President Biden. He gave an update on his infrastructure plan and some of the ideas of how this will create jobs. And it was about a 25 minute press conference. Did he take uh, questions from the press? Absolutely not. Why would he? Right. So the president has definitely been ducking the press. I don't think he is up for the task to take on uh, media that actually would question him. In the times that he has done it, the one time he's had a formal press conference, all he did was take questions from friendly people. You can actually see some of the photographs that were taken. He had a list of people, one, two, three, four, five. Here's who I'm going to call on based on the questions that they're going to ask. It was all staged. Doesn't make the president look like he's capable of handling this sort of scrutiny. Now, if you go back during the Trump administration, it was pretty easy. You can see Donald Trump go up for an hour and a half and take a hostile media and just one after another, take their question and throw it either right back at them, take their question, answer it, whatever it is, and then just move on and go on and on. Joe Biden is not capable of doing that. I think it's pretty clear because if he was capable of doing that, maybe he would be doing that, but he's not. He's got a lot of other controversies and things. For the most part, he's staying behind the scenes. That should concern a lot of people. And all of this plays into where we are when it comes to the gun regulations. So if he comes forward, announces a plan, can't take questions on it, won't answer questions on it, can't face scrutiny on it, this is very telling. Who's the one pulling the strings behind the scenes? This is a question that needs to be answered. Because if it's not him, 
what kind of uh, people are the ones that are drafting this legislation and putting his name on it in order to get the American people to see, oh, there's the friendly grandpa. Now, he might be a little bit, uh, might be a little slow on the draw, but oh, man, he's he's harmless, so we'll go along with it. Maybe it's more of an impression thing. So tomorrow's going to be that day that they speculate, at least Politico said that they should come out with this proposal. I'm sure we'll talk about it more tomorrow. I would much rather look at this proposal first before we go too far into it. I just want to let you know that's something we are watching. If you go to KMOX.com, there's actually a summary on the homepage. You can find it right there. All right, so coming up after the break, a few things. Uh, after the weather, KMOX reporter Megan Lynch on her latest series of on the pandemic. It's going to debut next week. It's called When Will It End? We're actually going to air the series on Overnight America, which I'm pretty proud of. I think this is going to be uh, a cool thing that we're going to start airing Megan Lynch's fantastic series. And every day there's a new look into the pandemic and when will it end from different standpoints. We're going to talk to her about her series coming up later in the hour. Uh, right after the break, I do want to ask you about violence in the city of St. Louis. How bad is it? Let me just ask you this real quick. Today, where we stand, how bad is the homicide problem. Your first reaction is it's really bad, right? Okay, but really how bad it is. Can you put a number on it right now other than it's high? Can you put a number on it? If you don't have the number readily available, it might not be your fault because there's part of a problem. It's, it's hiding. It's hiding right in plain sight. And I'll tell you about that right after the break. This is Overnight America KMOX. Earning St. Louis's trust for 96 years. This is KMOX. What is the thing we're missing right now when it comes to violent crime in the city of St. Louis? I think that's a big question that will have to be answered. And I wondered, the more I hear about incoming Mayor Tashar Jones talk about how crime will be handled, we're going to talk to our neighbors. Uh, we're going to talk to the county. We're going to talk to uh, across the river. We're going to do this because our neighbors are going to have to be part of the answer with all of this. Well, that's interesting. I think that in a way, if you're talking to the neighbors but not talking to the police, <laughs> that could be a problem. If you're not going to talk to the police, then... What are you going to do? You think our neighbors also have this terrible relationship with the police, or is it just a St. Louis thing? And even during the debates, when Tashara Jones said, as long as Jeff Rorta is the acting uh, face or the voice or the person behind the police union, then there's no seat at my table. Okay. So you don't want to talk to the police union. Okay. So what are you going to do? You're going to talk to all these other areas. You think they want to pick up the slack and you want to pick up the problems that St. Louis is having. You're going to try to leverage our problems and say, well, technically it's your problem too. So you might as well help us because it's only going to get worse for you unless you take care of our mess. I think in a lot of ways we have to take care of our own mess first and figure this out. But I also wonder when we look at the homicides and everything else that has happened over the past year, is that going to be the legacy of Lida Krusen? Are we going to remember her as the mayor that couldn't get crime under control and things got worse? National trends show that a lot of these large metropolitan cities also are having problems with homicides. We're seeing record numbers of homicides. And it doesn't surprise me that you see the giant upticks in these cities where there are progressive prosecutors, the George Soros types, the ones that he donates to. And inside of those circuit attorneys or prosecutors, whatever they call them in the general region, when he throws money in his support behind 
those type of progressive prosecutors, they get an office. We find that problems always follow and nationwide they have been following. This is no good. We have to address this. I think a part of this, too, is with the violent crime, we need to realize that there are a lot of people that are doing good in St. Louis, and we do ourselves a disservice when we hide just how terrible things are. I want to read a tweet from Jane Duker because I think she nails it right here. 15 shootings, 11 homicides in 96 hours in the city of St. Louis. The lack of outrage is incredibly distressing. When will enough be enough? Let me read that to you again. In the past 96 hours in the city of St. Louis, there have been 15 shootings in 11 homicides. Did you know that number? Was it top of mind? Or have it just become complacent? Have we just become so comfortable with the fact that things are bad and things will continue to be bad and nothing's going to change? So I'm just going to figure out how to adapt to it. I'll stay out of St. Louis. I won't go out at night. I'll not visit certain parts of town. Maybe I'll only travel when there's a lot of people out, whatever. How are you going to adapt to it? Or in ways, are you just giving up on St. Louis altogether? People are ready to just move out. They say, Look at who's representing the city. Look at who is prosecuting. Look who uh, is in Congress. Look at the representatives all along the line who have failed the city over and over and over and over again. What am I going to do as a citizen? And why should I be the one that has to be the punching bag for all of these bad decisions? I, you know, I don't want to be the next victim. I don't want my family to be the next victim. So what are they doing? They're moving. They're saying, forget this. I'm going somewhere else. And they're just getting tired of it. How many uh, times have you seen or heard of that happening? In fact, I've heard it from multiple people. And it's not to say that it's going to be a mass exit. It's just to say, how long are you going to have to wait? Or when will enough be enough? Is another way to put it. We're going to see the St. Louis homicide numbers continue to tick up. Last reported yesterday from the St. Louis Police Department, the number was 46. And we know that number is only going up. doesn't uh, go down. They don't really change that way. Fox 2 did a story. I wanted to play some of this. And if you want to call in, you can at 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. I'm watching the text messages, too. I did like the one text message about Cadbury eggs. Thank you for that. Uh, this is the Fox 2 headline. I don't go anywhere because of the violence that is going on in St. Louis. Tomorrow is opening day. It's a day game. I think a lot of people feel safe enough to go to a day game for a Cardinals. Uh, I don't think they will go there with their guard down, but they will go there. At night, how many people are going to be feeling the exact same way? Here is residents in North St. Louis who are trying to deal with all of this, homicide after homicide, and the numbers aren't really improving. They don't feel safe. A North St. Louis resident too fearful to show her face speaks out about the violence in her neighborhood. This is my and do you feel, I mean, do you look at that and you hear that and you think, oh no, that's, you're being too cautious. It's really not that bad. You don't have to be fearful to talk about the violence in North St. Louis as a resident there, a member there. No. I mean, if, if you live there and you're afraid that there's going to be some retaliation or people are going to target you because you've witnessed certain things and you've seen certain things, that's not an irrational fear. That is a real fear. This is my safe haven. I, I don't go anywhere because of the violence that's going on in St. Louis. You know, you can be an innocent bystander and 
a lot of them are losing their lives. And I just don't want to be a statistic to them on Monday. Yeah. And even if you look at the numbers, she's right. You can just be a bystander. You can be a child. So far, there have been eight homicides of children. So that's ages 17 and under children. We're not talking about adults. We're talking about kids. If you extend that another year from 18 to 19 year olds, that's another victim there. So that makes it nine. If you look at under the age of 29, we are at, let's see, 23, 25. 25 of the homicides have been under the age of 30, so 29 and under. Not good. And predominantly, if you look at the number of victims, we've had, let's see, 32, 41 of the reported 46 homicides, and I'm sure this number will go up. 41 of them have been black. There's been, let's see, of the victims, 41 black. One Asian, one Hispanic, three white. That's the statistics quoted in the latest homicide analysis from the St. Louis Police Department. And like I said, this came out yesterday, so they haven't even updated it to today, where there's been even more violence. It's bad. It's really bad. And she is warranted to feel this way. Police responded to the 4600 block of Gravoy for a report of a shooting. Police found a 30-year-old male victim shot in the head Police identify the victim as 30-year-old William Cooper. A suspect has been taken into custody and the investigation is ongoing. On Tuesday, police responded to another murder in North St. Louis around 5 for a report of a person shot in the head at Newstead and Natural Bridge. He died at the scene. Alderwoman Dwendalyn Evans says she's hopeful that the community will become safer. And I want you to listen to what she has to say because this is why I ask the question when it comes to the legacy of Lida Krusen. What are we going to remember of her term in office? Are we going to remember the protest? Are we going to remember the record number of homicides? Can she be somehow responsible for the number of homicides? Are we going to look back and say this was her doing, her policies? I don't think that'll be the case. I think there's other circumstances that will lead to it. But maybe part of the problem is not calling out the problem. Maybe part of the problem is saying that when we have a circuit attorney, that is just cycling people back onto the streets, not doing her job, terrible prosecution rate, things like that, is contributed to more violent crime in the city. Unfortunately, when we elect people that won't call out the problems, we have someone that is more interested in defending herself and going after political targets than we do actually taking violent people off of the streets and making sure they stay off the streets. Maybe if we were to, I don't know, work on that, then we'd actually see a better positive track record but we're not seeing those things we're seeing constant uh, constantly targeting police unions and police exclusion lists we're taking even suspects that admit to crimes and not holding them accountable for it this is ridiculous and we're trying to call it we, we got to be socially responsible that way or whatever it is and what happens you have certain areas where crime has just gotten so bad you have older women like this coming out and saying things i hope that we can work with our new mayor, Tashara Jones, because she said her focus would be on the fourth war. And when I heard her say that, I said, thank you, Jesus, because we need the help and the focus on the fourth war so we can try and have a decent and safe place to live. Settle your differences uh, through conflict, mediation, some kind of way. But you're wiping out a generation. You are our leaders for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. 
Listen to that. Listen to that. So I'll go back and talk about the legacy portion. If violent crimes do not go down, then we're going to, it, it just depends. I, I think if we were to look at statistics and how things are handled, the number one issue facing St. Louis is the violent crimes. How that happens, how that plays out, I think will really determine the legacy of our past two mayors when it comes to Lida Cruson and Tashara Jones. If the numbers stay the same or go up, then you'll know Tashara Jones can't handle it. If the numbers go down, then you'll look at it and say, there might be something to this. I'm willing to give it a chance because the numbers aren't lying here. And then maybe the Lida Cruson way was the wrong way to handle it. But I don't know. Time will tell these sort of things. I'm not optimistic. I'm not looking at any of this and saying that saying I don't have a seat at the table for the police union or police or anything like that. We're going to continue with uh, the way that we handle it. And we're going to look at uh, exclusion lists and we're going to you know, make it harder to hire police and we're going to make it harder to protect them. And we're not going to listen to them and we're not going to, you know, if, when we start doing all of these things and saying we'll talk to our neighbors, but we won't talk to our police. If that's how we're going to handle things, I'm not optimistic things are going to get better. And that is the number one thing that everyone in St. Louis wants to see happen. Forget about everything else. All right. So when we come back, we're going to talk to reporter Megan Lynch on her latest series about the pandemic. When will it end is the name of that series. I'm looking forward to discussing that with her. We'll also take a look at your weather. And we saw those storms moving through here in St. Louis. This is Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Get the inside story on what's happening with your St. Louis Cardinals this season directly from the Redbirds manager. It's the Mike Schilt Show, Sunday mornings at 10.15, sponsored by Bath Fitter, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Starting next week here on KMOX, Megan Lynch will introduce a new series talking about the pandemic and when will it end. Joining us here to discuss is Megan Lynch. Hello, Megan. Hello. That is the big question for everybody right now, isn't it? Yeah. When will it end? We've been asking it probably for the last year. (laughs) When will it end? And I don't know if we're any closer to having an answer. It seems like every time we feel like we have an answer, we don't. I think that what I'm hearing from people, and and this is what people will hear next week, is 
there is light at the end of the tunnel, but it's not time to just rip off the mask and go wild. Mm -hmm. We are going to air a five-piece series on Total Information AM starting next week. And I talked to Beth, and she said, oh, yeah, uh, you could air it at night, too. So I I think we're going to air it on Overnight America as well. I don't know if she told you that. I love that. I love for your listeners to... Uh, chime in on on what they're hearing as well. It'll be interesting to see what your discussion might be on it. So really, what can we expect with this series? So every day you're going to be looking at a different aspect of the pandemic, uh, asking the question, when will it end? In specific, day one will be Monday morning. And what can we expect to start the series off? Well, I went to some of the other folks in the newsroom, Carol Daniel, Maria Kina, Sean Michael Lyle, to get their impression of, you know, we, we started hearing this question, when will it end? So what avenues did they want to look at? What places did they want to go to see, you know, when restrictions might be removed, when things might get back to this normal that everyone keeps talking about? For me, you know, the first thing I wanted to look at is, you know, legally or medically, when do we declare the end of it? Who declares that? And is it going to be the same in the United States? as it is maybe in, in parts of Europe or other parts of the world. And so, you know, what, what I discovered by talking with a couple of experts in this area is it might take a little longer than we expect, and maybe we will want to keep some mitigations in place. Now, I know um, you have a kiddo. I have two kids. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we were warned about this fall was that we may have a double whammy with both COVID and the flu. Mm-hmm. We kept getting warned about that. Apparently, Flu was non-existent this year, and they think it's because of the layers of measures that everyone was taking. So the question is, even when we get COVID under control, will some of these mitigations remain or will they be encouraged to try to protect people from other respiratory illnesses? That's one of the things that we're going to look at uh, starting on Monday morning. Then we're going to look at masking. Maria Kina is taking that on to see if that will be one of the things that people will be able to tolerate. Will there be the political will or will it go by the wayside? Uh, Carol Daniel is going to look at nursing homes coming up on Wednesday and how long those facilities are going to be on lockdown. For many people, they still haven't seen their loved ones after more than a year face to face, maybe through a window at most. And even though some of the rules are being relaxed, it's really questionable as to when things might get back to a point when you can just walk in and and hug a loved one. We're going to look at sports. That's been one of the biggies for people that's been such a disappointment over the last year is participation in sports for themselves as fans and, and for their kids as athletes. And then finally, one of the aspects that I'm going to look at at the very end is vaccines and some of the legal issues we're seeing. Can your employer require you to get a COVID vaccine? How many might be planning to do that? And will you have to have these vaccine passports that everyone has been talking about now? So that's that's how we're going to wrap the week up by looking at legal issues. There are so many different aspects to this. And depending on how old you are, you look at the pandemic in a different way. Yeah, I never thought there would be a time where kids would be happy to go back to school. And here we are. They can't wait. And a lot of them, when they finally get back in, they are so grateful to be around their friends and to see other people. And it has changed a lot of different habits in the way we encounter each other and the way we 
consume products and the way that we go to restaurants, anything. There's so many things that have changed. It's interesting to think about even when the pandemic is over and when you handle it based on the flu, what are we going to do in the future that may benefit society? Some of the different traits that we picked up that we just won't let go. So there's so many different aspects to this. I'm glad that you're tackling this topic. And what are some things that you may have learned putting this together that surprised you? I was surprised to learn that your employer can require you to get a vaccine. That uh, really, you don't have too many ways to object to it. Um, But also, I I think it's interesting, the discussion that's going to be opening up about vaccine passports. That, I think, has been a concern for people. Am I going to be required to have something that shows that I've had a vaccine? Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, that's going to be a discussion that we're going to continue to have likely for the next year or more. Wow. So as you start to air these, if people wanted to follow along or maybe comment on them, do you have a good social media or someplace people can connect with you? I'd love for them to connect with me on this. I always love to get feedback on these series and get other people's ideas. You can find me on Twitter at M Lynch on air. I'm also on Facebook as Megan Lynch. And you can even just uh, email me if someone would like to after they hear the pieces. Mr. Lynch at KMOX.com. Yeah, I'm starting to learn new things that I really didn't realize. Some of the different protocol in place because of the kids and my son um, is someone that, you know, has to live a lot more when it comes to regulations than I do. I'm still working from home, but he has to go into school every day. He's in kindergarten, but even coming home and telling me about some of these things, I'm even learning things from him. So there's so many different systems in place, checks and balances in place. There's so much to learn still from this. And it seems medically speaking, this science continues to change because we continue to learn more from it. It just makes me wonder what else is going to come out in the future that we haven't discovered yet, the, the things that we haven't anticipated. And we still really don't know. And I think this is something that experts pointed out. We don't know how effective for how long the vaccine is going to be. What we have been told is that, listen, this is not something that's going to wipe it out completely. So we just don't know heading back into, you know, the next few months, what's really going to happen with this, regardless of how many people get the vaccine. Do you have any questions left on the table? So if you're putting the series together, you think, wow, uh, is there anything that came up that you thought I have more questions than answers now? I guess, you know, the questions that I have, and it was kind of this way last year, when are the decisions going to be made for the fall? When are the decisions going to be made for the winter? I think that for a lot of people has been so hard um, having to stretch ourselves and be flexible. And I, I, you know, I get the sense that, that people still want these decisions to be made immediately. And a lot of the experts are telling us, no, we just, we are still kind of in a, a wait and see pattern. And so I guess for me, I was hoping maybe that we would have a few more hard and fast answers about when life would return to somewhat normal. And they, there just aren't too many. It's, it's more us adapting mm. uh, to what we have in place right now. Megan Lynch from the KMOX Newsroom joining us on Overnight America. And part of it, too, is the business side of it, restrictions that come through from the government. We saw even higher restrictions in the county compared to the city or St. Charles County. Do you look at any of those, or is this strictly more of a medical and a personal standpoint? 
You know, we touched on that briefly in the area when we talked about athletics, because I think for families, that's where it has really impacted them a lot in, in these sports venues where maybe, you know, they have been able to play some games, but depending on where a team travels or where a team is based, the rules may have been completely different for one team or one club versus another team or another club. Um, I, you know, I think that's one of the, the local issues that a lot of people really would like to have decided by the fall, especially, you know, let's say schools, high schools in Jefferson County versus St. Louis County. It's very, very different. And, you know, what, what I heard from one of the head coaches that I talked to was we need some things that are fair for all kids in this region. You know, I don't know if you remember or not, but when we first launched into this, it was supposed to be a regional approach with both the Metro East, St. Louis City, and the surrounding counties. And then somewhere along the way, that kind of fell by the wayside. And I think sports has been one of those areas where it's been the most obvious gap and difference between the regions. And and so that's where we go into that a, a little bit, I would say. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. I saw the update when it came to the vaccines today. I think we're close to 650,000 people have at least received their first shot. And a lot of other areas are getting close to continuing and keeping on pace like that. There's some states that are still getting hit hard. So it goes to show you still a lot that needs to be learned. And it'll be exciting to see exactly what you bring out in this series. Just again, it starts on Monday morning, Total Information AM. What time will those be airing? They're going to be airing at 822 and, you know, whatever time you air them. And then if people miss it, you can always go to the Odyssey app and go to Rewind and Rewind to that time to listen if you miss it. Plus, we'll have them posted on KMOX.com. That is great. I wish I could dedicate a time, but the problem with Cardinals baseball is I don't exactly know what time I'm going to start the show. <laughs> so it changes things. So eventually we will post them. But the nice thing is you have the Rewind on the Odyssey app. Or you can go and listen to the podcast, things like that. It'll be made available. Listen to it in the morning. That's your best bet. But if not, we'll have them here on Overnight America. I think it's uh, very cool that we were extended that courtesy to air those, and I'm excited to do so. And Megan Lynch from the KMOX Newsroom, thank you so much to come on and talk about your series. When will it end? Oh, thank you, Ryan. Megan Lynch joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. This is Overnight America. KMOX. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. A couple of nice Cardinals wins in a row, beating the Marlins. Boom, boom, boom on the road. Tomorrow's the home opener. I'm just hoping that the weather cooperates and we know that there's a lot of festivities that'll be broadcast right here. On KMOX, you're going to want to listen during the day. Have that radio on and have it handy. Pretty nice. Maybe you have a transistor radio that you keep around just for days like this or a radio in the garage. This is a Midwest thing. You open up the garage door, you plop out the yard chair, and you just watch the skies and you just enjoy the breeze while you listen to a Cardinals game on KMOX. It's a very fine tradition here. And got to say it sounds pretty pleasant tomorrow during the day if you have the time off or maybe you're working from home and you have the ability to do it it'll be a perfect addition with lots of great festivities throughout the day tomorrow first pitch is at 3 15 so i think our broadcast starts early in the day 
many hours before. So why don't you just keep KMOX on through the entire time? I think you'll like it. So Kevin Klein put together a whole nother story on the incoming mayor to Shar Jones. It was a night for winning. Now introducing the mayor of the city, St. Louis, my mom, to Shar Jones. And it was a night for losing. Thank you all. Have another drink. Stick around. Please give me a hug or a high five before you leave. The feelings of the winners and the losers are different. How can we, the onlooker, know what they're feeling? It's like Baylor's 86-70 win over Gonzaga to win the NCAA basketball tournament. Coach Drew and Baylor complete college basketball's greatest rebound and rebuild. The elation as the winning team jumps up and down on the court and the losing team, Gonzaga, sulks over in the corner. The team that was undefeated all season, beaten in the last game. Gonzaga huddles together one last time as a team. The heartbreak they must feel, but they just went into a, ran into a buzzsaw. The buzzsaw in the St. Louis mayor's race was Tashara Jones. I want to start by saying thank you. Thank you to my family, my daddy. And while Tashara Jones's father was proud and happy, Spencer's father grow as his daughter spoke of what might have been. We came so freaking close. Elections, like all competition, can be agonizing. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. The winner of the St. Louis Mayor's race can savor the victory, mingled with a little exhaustion, and while the loser is tired too, she can go somewhere on a beach and flip through a magazine and not have to worry about fixing a place called St. Louis. With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Killeen. Uh, not quite. I guess uh, you still have a district, but wow, that's a very... Interesting, a whole nother story from Kevin Clean. Tashara Jones will take office here in just a few weeks towards the end of the month. In the transition period has already started. Yeah, to, to think, wow, you don't have the responsibilities of the job that you wanted. But man, it's it's tough for us as bystanders to sit on the sidelines and watch everything go down and think, uh, my optimism of things getting better, it's just not there. Next hour, someone that has been a pretty big critic and I say that because he's a celebrity chef. Andrew Gruel wants to talk about how Americans can emerge from the COVID lockdowns. After the break on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 